Good morning, Grace Point. Good morning. Good morning. I am, by definition, happy, joyful uh, to be with you this morning. I'm reading a book that talks about uh, brain science and uh, the church, Christianity, transformation, and, and uh, this guy, one of the chapters is on joy, and his definition of joy is relational. Um, he says, when faces light up as they see one another, that is the definition of, of joy. And so I have experienced that already this morning. Um, some of us are, are friends, some of us haven't met, and so I look forward to uh, our faces lighting up maybe uh, in the future. But my face lit up. I am, by definition, experiencing joy with you this morning. I'm, I'm really glad to be here with you. And, and I've really only got one thing to, to say this morning. It, it's from the pro- prophet Jeremiah. He uh, heard it from God, wrote it in a letter, and sent it off to the people who were in exile. And he said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that, that's, that's the only thing I have to say today. I want to say it in the, in the context of, of summer playlist. I know that, that the theme has been summer playlist. You hit shuffle and you hear all kinds of different songs and different genres. I know, I know that's what you've been doing for the last several weeks. But I also know that in my playlist, it, it's um, a lot of old classics, my, my favorites, and um, I don't know about you, but some of my favorite songs, I don't actually know the words in places. And, and so I'll say things like, sweet dreams are made of cheese. <laughs> Who am I to disagree? I, I don't think that's what, what the Eurythmics were, were trying to say, but that's what I hear. Or when Elton John is singing about a tiny dancer, which is a weird concept in its own, but I think it's Tony Danza. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. So sometimes my favorite songs, I, I just, I get the words wrong. And, and I sing it with gusto when I'm alone in the car. This is one of the, the songs, the verses, the passages that I think we tend to get wrong just a little bit. Now, it's a really good one. It's a favorite. I mean, this is literally is one that you'll find on coffee cups and it's crocheted and framed and hanging on walls. Maybe some of you have it hanging on your walls. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one to have in your back pocket and and pull out at times when you're struggling and, and remind yourself that God says, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. It's a really good one because we need reminders that God will always come for you. In in 1988, December 7th, 1988, there was a huge earthquake in, um, what's the name of that country? Yeah, in one of those countries. And (laughs) Huge earthquake, and the, the elementary school collapsed. 30,000 people died in about four minutes. And one dad was at work, and he came running out of the office and ran down. He had just four hours earlier walked with his son and, and had told him, as he did almost every day, son, I love you, and I will always come for you. I will always come for you. 
And so the building collapsed. He ran down to the school. He, he looked at, at the outline and he said, I think the kindergarten class is, is about there. And so he climbed up on the pile of, of rubble and started moving stones and debris and broken glass. Some of the other parents, grief-stricken, came and worked with him for, for a little while, but lost hope and, and quit. But he kept going, sweating, crying, bleeding from the, the broken glass, and he continued to remove two hours, three hours. Other people would come along, and they would be inspired, and they would help him for a little bit, and, and then they would lose hope and say, you must have other children at home. You should, you should think about them. But he kept digging and removing the stones four hours, six hours, 12 hours, 16 hours later. He, he moved a stone and there was a little cavity and he heard a child's voice. And he said, they're here, they're alive, come, come quickly. And others came and, and, and they removed a huge piece of, of plaster together and his little son's dirty, tear-streaked face appeared. And, and, and he pulled him out and, and held him to himself. They, they wrapped him in a blanket. They, they got him ready to go in the ambulance. And he said, three children were saved. And he said, I told them. You will always, you will always come for me. We need to be reminded, our God will always, always come for us. And, and, and we need the reminder, I need to pull that out of, of my back pocket and, and reminder because, remind myself, because we are the kind of people that keep our heads in uncertainty. We are the kind of people who guard our hearts for moments of uncertainty so that we can be the ones that say, he will come for us. Hang on, hang on, he will come for us. That's who we are. That's what we do. And this verse is, is perfect for it because I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, in the original letter, the plans were 70 years, right where you don't want to be. You're in exile in a strange country, in a weird city. You, you don't want to be there. And false prophets were coming along and they were saying, any day now. We're, we're going back any day now. Soon we're going back to Jerusalem. And, and, and God says to Jeremiah, I said, write him a letter. Tell them, I know the plans I have for you, and my plans are 70 years in Babylon. And so I need this verse. I need to pull it out of my back pocket and recite it to myself. I know the plans I have for you. We, we tend to think in, in, in microwave. I tend to pray microwave prayers. Amen? I, I want, come on, God, fix this. Let's go. And God is often preparing a crock pot meal. He's in the slow cooker. He's playing the long game. We often pray microwave prayers when God is preparing crock pot answers. So God was, was correcting them. He was saying, hey, I'm in the, in the long game. He will use this verse to correct you too. Because sometimes I just want what I want what I want, and I want it right now. 
and I need to hear, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. It, it happened to me, I'm sure it's happened to you, but several years ago I was out jogging and um, around uh, Hummer Sports Park, the old, when it was still the uh, state hospital grounds, they still had that old building and, and jogging around, I was listening to a podcast of a, a church planter, one of those manly men who was doing great things for God and, and I was very dissatisfied in, in my, my situation. I was like, come on, God, let's go. And so I literally turned off my, my iPod and, and, and I just started complaining to him, come on, God, let me go. Let me go do something great for you. And, and I kind of got my finger out and I started wagging my finger at him. And, and this doesn't happen to me very often, but I, I heard a word from the Lord that day. And it was very simply, no, <laughs> exclamation point. And it was remarkable to me because I, I heard it and I didn't even think about it. I just immediately went, you're right, you're right. I was getting a little disrespectful. I'm sorry. And I continued on with my conversation, later reflected back on it. And I said, wait a minute, did you just hear God speak to you? Whoa, that's kind of weird. And that prayer turned into, okay, okay, yeah, no, but what else? And, and kind of got a sense of stay, work hard, wait. Eventually, it became that, that that prayer led us to starting the bridge. But God was playing the long game. For me, it was only about seven or eight months. It felt like 70 years. Anybody else get that? But God said, hey, calm down. I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. Wait. Listen. Listen to me. The other thing, this word plans, do you ever do this? Do you kind of take words and you, you crack them open and you empty them of some untrue meaning and then you refill them with biblical meaning? I, I do that because sometimes I, I just am singing the wrong words and I need to fix it. And so this word plans, it, it, when, I, when I see this on the, the screen of my mind, I see 70 years. I know the plans I have for you, 70 years. Year. Where are you going to be in 70 years? I really hope I'm in the ground. Well, no, I really hope I'm with him. I hope this body's in the ground. So he's playing the long game, and I need to be reminded, plans, 70 years. The other thing I need to be reminded, this word plans, it includes start at home. Chris, don't, don't get these big plans about being out and saving the world and, and, and finding all these admirers. Chris, start at home. He says to him, them, build houses, plant gardens, get married, marry off your kids, start at home. And then he goes on to say, and seek the peace of the city. Seek the shalom the welfare of the city, but it's clear God says, start at home. And I know for some of you, that's a hard word to hear because you get strokes out here at the office or, or wherever it is. People admire you out here because they don't know you as well as your family does. Anyone? And I go home, and it's hard to just do the same right thing over and over and over. I hate washing the dishes. I don't want to empty the dishwasher. I don't want to take out the trash. Start at home. I know 
the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. What's, somebody help me. Anybody know? What's the word for when you think you know the right thing and, and you don't know it? I mean, besides stupid or something. <laughs> Presumptuous? Arrogant? Anybody got a better word for me? Hubristic, there's a fancy word for you. Some of you are like, I might have to look that one up. (laughs) We think we know. I I love this quote. It's from John Piper. Uh, He says, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life. You may be aware of of three of them. I love that quote. God is always doing 10,000 things in your life you may be aware of three of them. You just don't know. You just don't know. And, and does anybody like to read mysteries? Read novels? I just don't know what's coming next. I don't know what the next chapter is going to be. Won't it be great to find out? Keep reading. I know the plans I have for you. I know, God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Last point, finally, God wants to use this verse to plug you in with your people. The you here is plural. It's not singular. It's un-American. We, we swim in the waters of rugged individualism. We don't even know it, but it's always about me when I see the word you in scripture. And most of the time, it's about y'all. It's about we, God's people. He, he's talking to his people. So he's saying here, I know the plans I have for you, my people. Plans to prosper you, my people, and not to harm you, my people plans to give you hope and a future. This, this verse, when you pull it out of your pocket and you hear that you, my prayer is that, that you would crack open that you, that you would empty it of some of the individualistic American thinking and refill it with some biblical group identity. And interesting, I'm reading a book, The Other Half of Church, and, and it talks about the halves of our brain and that, that we in, in North America tend to do a left-brained way towards discipleship and, and transformation. And he says we're missing the other half. We're missing right-brained. left brain tends to be teaching and truth and rationalistic. And, and right brain tends to be more emotional and more relational. And he says if you really want change, you need to start there because somebody comes at me with some truth and it's not somebody that I deeply trust. I'm like, Facebook, anybody? Political conversations on Facebook? Please stop. You don't care about those people. If you really cared about them, you would put down your device and you would say, hey, you want to grab a cup of coffee? How are you? Can I pray for you? Try that for about six months, then start talking about politics. Maybe right-brained is, is group identity. And, and the way that we change, he says, is almost purely 
almost purely group identity, when we get a sense of that's who we are, this is how we do things, that's when I adapt and I change because I desperately want to fit into my people. Anybody remember middle school? That's when your brain starts making a shift and that group identity becomes more and more important and it continues to this day. Group identity. So for me, as a brand new Christian and a construction worker, there was a certain way that I talked. And if I stubbed my toe, I would use construction worker language. <laughs> if, if playing cards on a Friday night with my brand new church group and I threw down the wrong card I, and I spoke like a construction worker and I was like, oops, and my eyes just got real big and Paul Hahn was great. He was one of my mentors sitting next to me. He threw down his card. He reached over and went, pap, in the back of my head. <laughs> Gentlemen, don't try that with your wife. You can try it with one of the dudes. But what he was saying to me was, hey, Chris, we don't talk like that here. That's not who we are. And, and I tell you what, uh, so much alone time in the pandemic, I wonder if I don't need Paul Hahn to come and pat me in the back of the head and <laughs> remind me of who we are. We, we are created for community, not for flying solo. You see it over and over again in the scriptures. We are created for community, not for flying solo. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. You need them, Paul is saying, because we are God's people. You are God's people. And so when God says, I know the plans I have for you, my people, my, my group, my team, this is what I have for you. This is real. This is powerful. So if, if, there's something, if there's something you want to change in your life, pull this verse out, crack open that you, refill it with the biblical reality of, of group identity, and gather around yourself some people who will walk with you in that transformation, who will love you, right-brained, connect with you, left eye to left eye, right brain to right brain, look you in the eye, and, and, and with joy will greet you. And that begins to develop the security, the safety, the relationship, the love, that transformation begins to happen as we do the left-brain giving of truth. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Grace point. This is God's message for you. Receive it. Stick it in your back pocket. Pull it out and use it, and God will transform you, his people. Thanks, Grace Point. So good to be with you this morning.